We read these words a moment ago, but let's read them again. From Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the arm. And then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. And it goes on. Arise and shine, for light has come. I am, I, I don't know, do any of you at your house have temperature wars? Some of you are saying, I wish we were having one here, because you're cold today, right? Uh, you know, does it happen, and this is what I mean, where one person walks through, and they turn the thermostat up, and then another person walks through, and they turn the thermostat down, and back and forth it goes through the course of the day, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know, they got those new thermostats, I think they're called Nest, and they're supposed to learn from you. Well, I always wonder, what do those do for families where there's temperature wars going on? It probably changes every five minutes, right? Well, at our house, we don't have that war. Not at all. That's really not an issue at our house, quite frankly. Here's what we do have. We have light wars. It's true. Uh, we have people in our house, mainly me, who are light minimizers. We have people in our house that are light maximizer, mainly the rest of my family, except our dog. It's true. I, I like minimized light. I like to control light. I like light in, in specific areas. I, I love Christmas time. I turn the Christmas tree lights on in our living room and turn on the fire in the morning and, and that's about it. I, I love that, just that little bit of ambient light and yet darkness kind of fills the rest of the room. I love that. And then my kids get up and they come in and they just flick on all the lights, every single switch, all the way from their room down to where we are in our kitchen, in our living room. They turn on all the lights. Like, what are you doing? Turn off the lights. You don't need all those lights. Or at night, when I come up for bed and, and my wife, she likes to have all the lights on in, in our bedroom. I'm like, honey, that overhead light, just can't turn it off. And she's like, why? I like that light. I'm like, come on, minimize the light. And, you know, the, the light wars, they rage. Maybe that happens at your house too. But I've been realizing something about myself in this. Why am I such a light minimizer? What is it about light that I don't like? What is it that I like to focus that light and control that light? What does that say about me? Well, I, I guess you can't overanalyze something like this. You could just say, well, maybe you just like the look of that. And I do. I like the ambiance of minimal light in a room. But, you know, I've realized there's some truth to that in my spiritual life, too. I, I tend to minimize the light of Jesus in my life. Maybe you do too. You know, I would put it, put it in a different way. I, I was watching this week um, an episode of Mythbusters. If you ever watched that show, I know we did a sermon series uh, tying into that name, but um, Jamie and Adam, kind of the, the show hosts, they did a study of light in one of the episodes, episodes that aired this week. And 
Um, it was based on a movie where there was a minimal amount of light in a, in a tomb. I think it was the movie The Mummy. I, I haven't seen it, but it was a fascinating show to see how they studied light levels and what is the minimum light level that is required for a human eye to be able to walk through a room. And uh, what they'd set up were all these um, uh, basically little platforms with wine glasses all over the place. It was basically a maze of glass. And it was a test to see how much light would be necessary without crashing everything. And, and uh, I believe it was Adam that walked through. And, and they, I learned something about how light is measured in terms of a lux. Do you, anybody know what a lux is? Um, a lux is, is a measure of light. And it basically goes back to the days of one candle in a room. And, and the ambient light that goes out one meter in every direction is one lux. And, and uh, learn something there. Maybe you did too just now. And, and I also learned that basic, uh, understandable reading levels of ambient light are around 300 lux, uh, is considered reading level lighting from what I learned on the show. So it must be true. Um, and, and, and there's tied into that is, is of course, uh, Illuminant lumens as well, and it's very similar, and there's different ways of measuring. But anyway, so what they found was, is first of all, they, they took the lighting basically at zero, and he attempted to walk through the room, and he crashed over all this glass. And, and, and clearly, that was not good. But they raised the intensity of the light just little bits by little bit, and they got to the level it was 0.389 lux, so not even a full lux, was able to see enough to maneuver through the maze of wine glasses and not knock over anything. And, and so they were able to determine that the minimum amount of light that would be needed to walk across a room was 0.389 lux. They say, why are you telling me this, Pastor Mark? Well, because I think we do that way too often in our spiritual life too. What we do is we try to figure out what would be the minimum amount of Jesus in my life that I need to just kind of survive or get by or cope, and the rest of it we leave open to darkness. And we, we get real comfortable in the dark. And, and meanwhile, Jesus comes as the light of the world. He says, rise and shine, for your light is come. We say, oh, that's nice, but I'm going to keep you over there, Jesus. I'm going to keep that light minimized because, after all, it's scary to walk into a bright room when your life is filled with shame, when your life is filled with guilt, or maybe your life is filled with habits that you'd rather not give up, thank you very much. And Jesus becomes very inconvenient when we've been dwelling in darkness. So what we do is we minimize the light. Here's maybe how that looks for you. Hey, you're in church. Say, hey, I go to church. What are you talking about, Pastor? Well, come on. You know, just because we go to a church or even study God's Word doesn't mean we can't be light minimizers. Can look really good on the outside, but meanwhile, there's darkness, there's secrets, there are things that we do. Or, or maybe like this, maybe this is how it works for you. Uh, maybe you appear to be very loving and, and very much a servant, but that the core of that is really a desire to be noticed by other people. So your motivation really isn't out of love, your motivation is out of selfishness. It's a fine line, and, and often when, when you think about it, like, what, I do all these things for my family, or I do all these things for people, they don't notice, nobody appreciates me. What's your motivation? Are you a light minimizer? That really it's not the light of Jesus shining through you, it's selfishness. Or maybe you find you, you spend time in the Word so that you can be more judgmental toward other people who aren't. Light minimizers tend to act that way. 
They tend to be very judgmental. It's often what happens. Oh, that's just a few examples. Maybe it's a, an addiction. Maybe it's a, a, a poor attitude that just, you tend to just be in a bad mood all the time. But hey, you go to church a lot, so it must be okay, right? Well, wait. We minimize the light rather than maximizing the light. Where are you today when it comes to the light wars that can rage in our life and in our families and in our circumstances? Maybe the darkness that has plagued your life is based in circumstances that are outside of your control. You say, I'd love to have more light, but there's just one thing after another, one blow after another blow, and, and my health or my family circumstances or situations or economics of our life, and I'm just tired. And maybe the minimal feeling of light has just been suppressed and oppressed by your circumstance. Maybe you're longing for light today. You know, God's Word says so much about light. That theme runs through the pages of Scripture in, in so many places. I mean, some examples of that may be familiar to you. First John uh, chapter 1, where John is inspired to write this in verse 5, he says, This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie, and do, we do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. See that fruit of that? We have fellowship with one another. There's a, a bond that is created through God's people when that light has its way in our lives. And it says that we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' His Son purifies us from all sin. Because ultimately, that is the source of the light, is the work and the person of Jesus Christ that comes to shine light into the darkness of our fallen, sinful, broken, hurting world. Why would we minimize that? Why would we keep it at an arm's length when our God has come to deal exactly with what we think is so important in that darkness and to be the remedy for it? There's another place I love this from Ephesians chapter 5. And as Paul points out, there's a, a before and an after, a reality that has changed because of the light of Jesus in our life. He says, for once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. I love that line. Find out what pleases the Lord. How do you find out? You walk around in the darkness and say, I wonder what God wants me to do. <laughs> no, it means turning to the light. Opening the light of God's word that illuminates our souls and our hearts and our hunger for something greater than what we've seen before because our eyes are filled in darkness. Our God calls us to the light, not to be light minimizers, but to be light maximizers. He goes on, he says, for it's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. But in everything as exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything come clear. You once were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. What's that look like? 
And you say, well, yeah, but I don't feel that way. I mean, overall, I, 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 man, I mess this up so often. I minimize the light. I try to control Jesus and hold him back. And, and I, I like the darkness so much. How can I deal with this? What is my identity? Yeah, it says you once were darkness, but now you're light. How do I know that's true? We look to Jesus, the light who has come. That light that led those wise men, those magi, to find him and worship him in his presence. It led them, and this was a big deal, because the light of the world had truly come. And it was noticed, even though it came in such a subtle way, it was noticed. And the God who calls and lights up our lives today to remind us, this is a big deal. When the light comes. I love how, how Luther says this. And, this is this great quote I found this week. I want to read this to you. Luther puts it in perspective for us when we're battling sin and darkness in our life. He says, apart from this light of Christ, there is no righteousness before God. These are, therefore, words of consolation. You hear this? Consolation to us. Just hold tight. Even if you are oppressed and persecuted and your thoughts and conscience trouble you, you may know for certain the Lord is my light. You can know that for certain today. You may know for certain that all who have this light are righteous, even though we are sinners. That humility is of no avail. But when we speak of ourselves as baptized and enlightened by the word, we are not sinners, but saints and spotless through Christ so that we can gratefully boast that we are saints of God because the light has come, and it changes everything. We once were darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. And just as Isaiah declares it, when that time comes, when Jesus would enter this world, he says, then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. You not only look radiant, but you are radiant. And God overwhelms us with a sense of joy that something has truly changed. Right before Christmas, we had a, an interesting conundrum in our sanctuary. I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, I think thousands of years ago when the church worshipped, they didn't worry about projectors. And they didn't worry about technology. And uh, one of the, the dilemmas we had was... Uh, our projectors were getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer, and, and enough that you didn't really notice it. It was just kind of happening over weeks after a time, and, and after a year and a half, uh, they had lost many of what we would call lumens, and, and they weren't as bright as they once were. So, uh, of course, the thought was, well, let's get some new bulbs, which we did, and, and, uh, and we turned them on, and, and they weren't as bright as we expected. And... Uh, you know, Pastor Steve has been here a year, and one of the things a lot of people don't know about him is he is a technological master. He is. I'm serious. I mean, on computers and, 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 and technology, and uh, he was, took one of the remotes and was clicking, and he said, I wonder what this button does. And he hit a button, and all of a sudden, the projector whoosh, was twice as bright as it had ever been. And what we realized is we were on a minimized light setting ever since we bought these things. They've been at half their illuminance. And, and now they're, they're bright. And all it was, it was there the whole time. And we didn't even realize it. You know, I wonder if that can happen for us today. And a God who wants to have his way in our life, and a God who says, stop minimizing what's possible. 
and experience the maximum amount of light in your life. Because that light of the world has come. And imagine if, if all of us were walking on that minimized setting as, as the church, as God's people, not only here at St. John, but throughout the world. What happens when God has his way with his people? When we start to serve because the light shines through us and we are motivated by the incredible love and grace of God to be his people, to be generous, to be willing, to be able to step forward in every circumstance out of the love of God and the light that shines through us to be his church. Can't wait to see when God has his way in this new year in that kind of way because the light has come, my friends. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would push back the darkness in our world and that darkness that is in our world of our mind and our hearts that has minimized the, the, the light in us, the light that comes by way of our calling in Christ. Lord, we pray that that light would shine ever brighter, that it would be maximized through your people in response to your grace and your love and your mercy in our lives. Shine, oh Jesus, shine through us, we pray in your name, in this new year and forever. Amen.